0: Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards, and with me is Evan Federhoff. Welcome, Evan. Welcome. (laughs) And Austin, our engineer. Thank you, Austin, for keeping everything running so smoothly. I do what I can. And we are excited about the things we are going to talk about today. It is a great time to be reading God's Word together. And we say it over and over and over again. fecj.us is our website. And you can go there and check the resources and Bible reading plan and follow along with us. Currently, we are in the book of Genesis and the Old Testament. We're going to share a little bit of insight from there as we are learning so much about uh, the history of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And also, we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Matthew, maybe even maybe even pull in a proverb to get some understanding. And Evan has a great question at the very end of the podcast, so be sure and stick around as we discuss uh, that question as yeah. well.
1: The... Jan- January 8th through 14th.
0: There you go. That's the reading.
1: I think that's the right date.
0: That's it. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll come back and discuss what we learned from this week's reading when we return to Understanding Jesus. We have a new ministry here at First Baptist Jackson, it's called Holy Grounds. We meet every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and we have gourmet coffee available, our own barista in-house. So we hope you'll come join us 9 a.m. Sunday mornings for Holy Grounds. From 9 to 9.15, we have a time of fellowship where we eat donuts and coffee, and then Bible study. Always from some amazing Bible study. You can sit in the observation deck and just watch, or you can participate. It's up to you, but come join us. Check it out, 9 a.m. Sunday mornings here at First Baptist Jackson. This is the portion of our Understanding Jesus podcast where we take a moment and highlight some of the scripture that we looked at this week as we are going through our daily Bible reading. And uh, Evan and I uh, just share a little bit of the things that uh, the Lord showed to us, revealed to us as we're reading through the Word of God. But we're not saying we have exclusive rights on that. We love to hear what other people learn from God's Word as well and so forth. So just let me just throw this little plug in here. If you ever want to be on the Understanding Jesus podcast, just contact us here at First Baptist Jackson in Jackson, Missouri. So mm-hmm. if you want to be a part of it. And, and if you can't make it here to the studio, we could figure out a way to put you on through.
1: Oh, the, we already know how to do it. Uh, Okay,
0: yeah we got that we yeah, got that coverage yeah, so that's we, easy yeah that's we, easy we, okay alright okay I was going to try to make it sound complicated
1: but it, anyway. it's not complicated there's a very low barrier of entry. if you <laughs> want to do oh, it no
0: he's right we should make it sound complicated so that they come in person that's yeah. right we do it, want you to come if, in person if but you're
1: but local okay. the expectation is yes, that
0: you don't... but if you are a sta- you, if you're not in the state of Missouri yeah. then we expect
1: yeah, you to the, all the Hawaiians and our viewer um, set feel free to <laughs> that's hop right. on that's right. remotely or if
0: you are overseas in some Asian country and we
1: would actually love for you to join if you're from an overseas country.
0: Absolutely. We would love that. Yeah. Well, man, there were so many great passages because we're reading through Genesis and in Genesis every week of the reading, uh, there's something interesting in Genesis because there's just what a great story of our creation and all the way mm-hmm. the formation of uh the destruction of the world and then the formation of god's people uh, through the the abraham and his sons and and beginning uh, leading up to them going to egypt mm-hmm. and, uh, and and it's such a long span of time covered in one book it is a long book so you stay in genesis for quite a while but uh but it's such great reading and uh, and then the Gospel of Matthew, an incredible Gospel, uh, mm-hmm. which is written for primarily for uh, the Jewish people, but still, so it has a lot of explanation about how the story of the Old Testament lends itself to the Gospel itself, and so uh, so there's some really great stuff. And then Proverbs is just getting cooking, and so it's mm-hmm. got longer sections of Proverbs that we cover and so forth. So so just so yeah. many amazing things to cover and and to dwell upon and so forth. Yeah. So. Uh, that's that's what we are looking at um this week but I wanted to uh look at a passage from um from Genesis and I want to look at specifically Genesis 24 uh verses 42 through 44. Well, let me let me I'm just I'm going to cheat a little bit because I wrote this in my journal it was uh from Proverbs that day uh chapter 3 verse uh, 7 and 8. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones, which is just, uh, I think, a great little piece of wisdom that says, just a reminder that our health is linked to our obedience, that God, when we are obedient to God, that our, our health, that doesn't mean that we will live forever. It just means that uh, a healthy lifestyle, that God desires us to have a healthy lifestyle because that get, makes us more uh, able to do and accomplish what are the things that he's given us to do. But in Genesis 24:42 through 44, it says, And this day I came to the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin comes out uh, to draw water, and I say to you, please give me a little water for your pitcher to drink. And she says to me, drink, and I will draw for, for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. And this is the servant of Abraham going to seek a bride for Isaac amongst Abraham's people. And so he comes and he, and he offers up this prayer saying, God, would you please uh, help me to discern, to find the person that you want for my master? Because he's admitting, I, I don't want to leave it to my own judgment. I don't want to leave it to my own discernment. Who it is that you want me to choose for this extremely important role, um, and, and so he doesn't know Rebecca, and Rebecca is going to wind up being who it is. But but the idea is, is that he calls out to God, and then God shows him, he reveals to him. And so the question that that I always ponder when I redo this, and and that I get asked, uh, there's kind of a debate in our world is that does God still speak to us like this? Does God still communicate in this way? Does he? Can we ask God to show us, to give us? insight wisdom and so forth uh and and I I know so many people who say no who say that he doesn't speak like this to people anymore but uh I just have to I just have to disagree I don't know how else to say that I I think that uh to limit God in that way to say uh, it, scripture doesn't give us that so I, I it's funny because the same group of people who who always argue that he doesn't are the same group of people who say we shouldn't uh, add anything to what Scripture already says, but the but the reality is is that Scripture doesn't reveal a cessation of these things. It's just a, it's a conclusion that is drawn uh, based on a theological mindset or theological directions. And, and, and I and I understand the argument, but I, I wish that they would be more honest and forthright in saying. Uh, well, yeah, this is just a conclusion we came to. It is The Scripture does not tell us this. Yeah. Uh, it does not say definitively that God does not do this anymore. They have a theological argument that they make as to why they don't think God would do this anymore. But there is no scripture that says God does not do this more. We, we have no new word from the Lord. We have no new revelation from the Lord. But to say that God doesn't interact with us on a regular basis to guide and direct and His Holy Spirit to prompt and to even use signs or wonders or whatever to, to focus us in the right direction and move us to say that God wouldn't even speak to us, that God wouldn't address us, that God couldn't send an angel to speak or whatever or, or speak through another person. Or whatever is, uh, I think, to diminish God's ability to guide and direct His own people. And uh, and I and and I mean, and this is a personal thing for me because I've I've experienced this. I've I've had moments where I've shared many times that I felt like God told me who to marry. And um, I I was at a moment a dark before that. Uh, the first time I ever experienced this was a a dark moment in my life when I felt like God, uh, where I felt like I was going to kill myself. Where I where I had actually actually wasn't feel like I was going to kill myself. I had made a plan to kill myself. And believed I heard a voice that intervened that stopped me from doing that. And um, and because so I had no intention of not doing it, I had no intention of not following through with the action until I heard that voice. And mm-hmm. so, but I heard the voice and it made me stop. Uh, and it felt like that moment where Abraham, you know, stopped in his motion of of uh, taking the life of his son Isaac as an act of sacrifice, but it was just it was just God intervening, and it was a life changing moment for me, and so life altering. And then, uh, because I had that experience, leaned on him again in the same way, reading this passage in Genesis, leaned on God to say, God, I want would you show me who to marry? And believe God did, and uh, it's worked out pretty well. We've been married over 33 years, so. Uh, but uh, and I do believe absolutely that she's the person that God had for me, and she was perfect. Uh, I didn't know she was perfect before I asked God. I didn't know her at all, and so. Uh, but God directed me to her, and um, and we we joke about it now because I did walk up to her and go, "Hey, uh, God told me to marry you," and she. I was just wondering if God told her anything, and he didn't. Uh, but um, but as, God does things eventually. I mean she didn't marry me on the spot. She wasn't crazy or psychotic or anything like that, but it took about a several months, but uh, but eventually she in a slower process of seeking the Lord and asking for discernment and so forth also saw that God desired for us to be together. But mm-hmm. but the um, but the idea is that uh, I leaned on this understanding uh because I trusted that God still directs us and guides our paths. And this has been the, tr- the case multiple times. In fact, when Kim and I make major decisions, we both uh, seek God independently of each other, believing that he will reveal to each of us in a unique way what it is he would have us to do. And major decisions, he's always, he's always done that. He's revealed to me and revealed to her. And in situations where we shouldn't go forward, he doesn't. One of us thinks we hear God, but the other one doesn't. And it turns out that the one of us who thought we heard God really didn't. And uh, and so we we've really grown um, to understand that that's how God communicates with us as a couple. That uh, that he that when we make a major life choice or life decision, he speaks to both of us. Mm. And uh, and and the word kind of affirms that there is only one spirit. He's not going to have two messages. He's got one message. One voice. And so uh, he communicates to us. It also is a lesson to take into the church because then you have that that you can apply to the church on a regular basis. If there's one Holy Spirit and we're all seeking his face, that's why in our whole structure of ministry, uh, we have ministry teams, we have life groups, we have uh, when we get groups of people together, the idea of getting those groups of people together is that they pray and seek God's face to hear what God is saying to them. Not necessarily through an audible voice, never count that out. Mm-hmm. I know God can do that. I would think it would be extremely rare but uh but I but I mean, but God has different ways. He knows how to communicate his will to his people and especially through his word. Now, I will say this: it will never add revelation to his word. There's mm-hmm. no new revelation. I believe that there's nothing to be added. I believe there's nothing to be taken away from the revelation that we have, just right. as he says in the book of revelation, mm-hmm. but I do believe, and I, so I believe whatever he reveals will be complemented by God's word. It will be affirmed by God's word. But sometimes when I'm trying to decide whether to take a job or not, uh, the word of God is not going to speak directly to that. Mm-hmm. And I just have to trust that God will communicate that in a way that God can. But so the way God communicates will be in keeping with his word. I think it will be unique to the person he is speaking to I don't because uh, I don't think, uh, well, I mean, we don't, ha- that's the evidence we have in God's word. There's only one burning bush in the entire Bible. He only does that one time. And so uh, the way he communicates to uh, Abraham's servant, you know, it's only one time is that recorded. Mm -hmm. doesn't do it over and over again the same way. So uh, so I think that – but God knows you. God knows me. He knows exactly how to communicate what he wants me to do in a way that I will understand. So anyway, that's what I got.
1: Cool. Mine's not too long.
0: Okay, good, (laughs) good. I'll I'll let you get through your
1: second part. Thanks. Um, Well, I've been told I need to talk a little short. Maybe, maybe.
0: We'll see. We'll see Just open it up. So you don't need to talk any less, just slightly slower. Slower, (laughs) yes.
1: Um, All right, so in Matthew 10, or 9, um, 35 to 38, um, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Um, this is one of my favorite mm. sections. And, it is. It's a the power, yeah, most powerful message. And um, the reason I, I really like it is because as someone who's over on the campus um, working with the college students a lot, um we see a pretty big example of and drastic life example of what looks like the vast difference between someone who is not in Christ and who is in Christ. We have examples of of students who look very much not like Christ and students who um are growing and learning what it looks like to to live like Christ did while he was here on earth and um So we have this um just in this passage, just to break it down verse thirty five um so he's um so he's going from city to city village to village, and he's teaching. In every one of them. So, um, so just like John talks about how if um, if everything was recorded, it would be too much to write. So in um, this, they kind of sum it up just saying he's going through and um, and he's doing healing and he's doing just miraculous works in every single one of these places he goes to. Um, he so he's showing physically, he's showing his his um, ability to heal and um, in the same way he heals forgive, uh through forgiveness and things like that. So verse thirty six, we see that he sees the crowds and so he looks out and he and he has compassion for them. So this is I I think that we might have a little bit of a weak view of compassion. So um the um more literal word here would be that his his stomach like turned upside down. Hmm. Is the way I've I've heard it described and um so he would have been it's like that gut like wrenching feeling whenever you, something's happened that's not good. And, right. and so so Christ having compassion for these people realizes that they they have no shepherd which is him he's the good the good shepherd and um in the same way we we call pastors shepherds they shepherd they mm-hmm. the flock of christ and so um, well,
0: pastor we, and shepherd are the same word actually
1: yes yeah. yeah so and and um so we have this um we have this example of of how christ sees them without a shepherd they have they have no leader no no um no spiritual um guide i guess and um and he's and he's sad for them but it, more than just sad but but um sickened by um by them not having that so um so then he looks to his his guys are around him so he looks to his his closest um followers and he he tells them that they um there's such a great group here to that will turn to him but Mm -hmm. um but there are so few to tell them about the message uh, message of him being there so um and then uh the, the verse 38 i think wraps it up and this is um, you know, we talk about prayer all the time, how you know, it's so important to hit with prayer first and then, and, um, obviously we follow through with, with being faithful with the things that, that God's given to us. But, but prayer is, is giving that to the Lord, giving him, um, yeah. it, and it's, it's not that he doesn't have access to those areas is that we are willingly asking for him to take access to those areas in our life and, and to use us as, as tools or as vessels, um, as, um, as a means to share the gospel with the people around us. So. Um when we see this in verse thirty eight, it's saying that we, we must stop, we must pray, we must ask for mm-hmm. God to um to send us out and send others out from around us to go into the harvest that exists in our area, um, in our place that we're planted. Um and and I can be in other places too that we pray for, but mm-hmm. but I, I think it's most most important that we, we look and we see the people around us, um, we pray for the, the harvest and the laborers. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I did did you read our letter I sent out to the churches here recently? You got to get a letter from me because I used this passage. That's oh, nice. What, so anyway, so I, I was hoping you were going to say no, which I know you were going to try to lie to me and say yes, but the I um, never lie you know,
1: on the podcast. I, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Or in general. But
0: the uh, but th- that's neat because <laughs> not only that God moved me to put it in the letter, and not only did God move me to that, he, he, he has also been really laying that passage on my heart as of late for the same reason. I think that there's such a great need um that we are praying for that we do need to be praying that God will raise up people uh to send out into and, and engage our community. Right. And and it need, and I think part of the motivation to pray is that when we have the spirit of Christ, we have a sense of compassion for our community. We mm-hmm. we we become callous about, right. you know, we become more angry at people who are who are ungodly uh then we understand that they are destined for an eternity of separation from God to hell and mm-hmm. and being compassionate toward them thinking, I wonder if they even know the gospel. I wonder okay. if they know they don't have to be this way. I wonder, wonder what has what kind of sin has this person uh trapped or 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 battered down. And, you know, when mm-hmm. you see people in the street corner, when you see people out in the marketplace, when you see people at work and so forth and, and you think, oh my goodness, this person is so difficult. Um I think the the more challenging is when I see difficult church people. That's the part that more is more frustrating to me. Yeah. And I think it was more frustrating to Jesus when he saw religious people Probably. who were supposed to know God. Well and, his,
1: yeah. I mean to the Pharisees, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Pharisees and Sadducees were the most frustrating mm-hmm. uh, people. But the um but when you look at people who are just uh who don't know who don't know God and who are robbed of that knowledge and information, then yeah, the the idea is it's it's uh you know that there's still a lot of low-hanging fruit right in our area oh, as man. far as just the need to just yeah. tell people. And and so uh, this year, our focus as a church is called the Year of the One, and we're focusing on everyone, each one reaching one, and just focusing on who, and and praying that God will reveal to you someone here locally that you know is not a follower of Jesus Christ and needs to, who needs to hear the gospel, and, and making mm-hmm. sure we communicate the gospel to that one at yeah. some point during this year i think we'll see a great harvest as a result of that uh yeah. one um hopefully unprecedented but uh yeah. the um uh and and then to form a foundation of just kind of a cultural change to then make that our not just something we do once a uh, once every decade or once every 20 years but what we do
1: all the time yeah or even just once a year <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, i i've really enjoyed in your, in your sermon series when you've talked about um going and meeting someone that is here and making our one that someone that was here. Austin and I even talked about that yesterday. And, um, it's just so important that, um, we have to be a little bit practical with our ability to, to share the gospel. And, um, and not that God couldn't use us in crazy, crazy ways from around the world to someone else. Right. But for us to disciple make with someone, we have to be with them. you you can't, you can't easily make a disciple from across the country. And, um, and while we, I mean i I know family members of my own that do not know christ yeah. absolutely and and I would love for them to come know Christ, but I have to be practical with the people that I choose for my one because I yeah. need to people people that I can spend time with on an average everyday basis
0: and the and I think he gives us a little bit of an indicator here in this passage in in verse thirty six where he says they were weary and scattered and so you think of people who are weary that's that's a target when mm-hmm. you see people who are always like i'm exhausted or i just don't know what to do or mm-hmm. i'm just exasperated by life or mm-hmm. or whatever that that's a target person that's mm-hmm. someone who's who's searching for an answer mm-hmm. and then scattered means they're isolated Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think of nature films where lions come and roar and yeah. scatter the herd and they're looking for that little wildebeest or whatever mm-hmm. that's separated from the pack and and that's what Satan does he mm-hmm. he and so you we're looking for people like that we're looking for people who have been isolated so they're they're weary and then they are isolated and when you find people like that that's 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 a one mm-hmm. right there that's somebody who you uh who you have a great opportunity to share and communicate the gospel with and then right. uh and and there uh and the my experience has been it, it's not uh they almost always come <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like when I, I mean they're because they're looking for an answer and you have right. an answer and and so when you offer it uh, every once in a while they go always but uh, but more often than not in fact statistics show that when you identify people like that and you bring them in and they join and if they're willing to join a group or to come to a bible study or something you have an 80 percent chance that that person's yeah. going to make a decision for christ yeah. uh, just because the fact that they took that first step shows that they were looking for something
1: yeah i, I hear people sometimes say that you know that it's marketing statistics or, yeah. or it doesn't work out. But but we know that God's sovereign over all things. He has, yeah. he has provenance over all things that we have. And if if God is is doing those things, which we know he is, then he's planning for those things to come about. That the, the people that he places around us, the people that we target and identify, aren't people that we're targeting and identifying. as people that, that God has placed there specifically. Um, right. Even within the, the college realm, we have so many international students coming in. And we talk all the time about how if um if they're here they're here for a purpose and um for them it might be to grow but for for us it's for us to share the gospel with them
0: absolutely yeah Yeah. i want to share one more passage before we go from matthew and it goes back to the sermon on the mount um it was um it's from matthew chapter six verse 22 and through 24 says the lamp of the body is the eye if therefore your eye is good your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. And mammon there means the things of the world. And I think it's just a reminder of how important it is to guard our eyes. Um, When we look upon evil, it has the ability to corrupt our spirit. We're our eyes are ingesting. I mean, you think about how we, you need to be careful what you eat, obviously, yeah. and we're not. We eat a lot of stuff we shouldn't. We, should, we put things into our bodies we never should. We never should. And we know it's bad for us, but we eat it anyway. Uh, the same way we know things that we shouldn't look at. Mm-hmm. And yet we look at it anyway, and uh, and so and and so this goes back to the, be careful, little eyes, what you see; be careful, little ears, what you hear. Uh, for the Father up above, He's looking down in love. Uh, and but that's that's a saying is there for a reason, and is because we should be very careful to guard our eyes. We should be careful about guarding what we hear as well. But here, focusing, I think even more so, the eyes are 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 so corruptible, lust and longing start through the eyes It's mm-hmm. things we see and all of a sudden it changes our, our whole our, our whole chemistry is changed by just looking upon that um when when um jesus gives a warning he says when a man looks this is the warning that jesus give uh, gives us so um in, instead we should be looking for god everywhere always looking for god in everything around us looking for what God is doing in every situation and and saying God these are your eyes may I be looking at what you want me to be looking at may mm-hmm. I be seeing what you want me to see may I be gazing upon what you want me to be gazing on and avert our eyes as soon as uh um I was thinking of the Indiana Jones uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark um when the ark was open and they had to shut their eyes. You know, it's like, don't open your eyes, Miriam. And so just shut your eyes because if you open your eyes, you could die. And so uh, I think that's a great admonition mm-hmm. for all of us uh, that sometimes just mm-hmm. uh, just shut your eyes. Don't look. Just uh, don't pay attention. And we and we instinctively do that. When we cover turn, the eyes of our
1: children, you yeah. know. and When, when they turn the away, too.
0: Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, you turn yeah. away. Don't look. And just yeah. uh, avert your eyes from things that yeah. you shouldn't uh, be yeah. Uh, doing. Yeah.
1: I read a study that said that the best way to avoid jealousy, lost, all those things, it's to physically just turn your head. Yeah. And it's so like, and I, I think it's kind of funny, you know, just the practice of, of just whenever, whenever you are struggling in any way, even let's just say something very simple. Like, mm-hmm. let's say that you, uh, let's say you really like shoes and, and somebody's wearing really nice shoes right. and you see them and, and you realize you're going to be jealous of those shoes for whatever reason. Um, right. Just don't look at them <laughs> Yeah. And, and, but Definitely like, it'll stare. yeah, but, but like turn away and yeah. And if it's definitely don't go on the Internet and look up pictures of those shoes
0: yeah. and put them in your phone and that's carry right. them around, put posters on your wall. Those that's, kind of that's things. Right. Yeah, those Nike, definitely don't do that. Those Nikes are not a good move. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so anyway, the but yeah. And, you know, and, and when it says you can't serve both the world and mammon, think it like this. You can't be looking for God and looking for the world at the same time. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for things in the world, you are not looking for the things of God. Mm-hmm. It's so be, that's why he says seek first. The kingdom of god that is again going back to a more of a visual yeah. thing seeking is a a visual activity so we are seeking his kingdom mm-hmm. uh within everything in every situation we come into and so forth and, and and it is uh and again that i remember seeing uh when you look at something you're trying to see what jesus wants you to see in the situation you're looking at you know not seeing what you want to see but putting your eyes where god wants you to have your eyes and but not just looking at it but seeing that's what jesus would say he Mm -hmm. has eyes to see let him see see what god wants you to see so that when you're seeing when you see a person like we always use that person on the street corner because they're everywhere Mm -hmm. uh holding up cardboard signs and so forth and when you see that person what are you seeing you know are you seeing what god wants you to see or are you seeing what you what you the world sees or what you Mm -hmm. see in the world so Anyway, so anyway, thanks, Evan, for sharing. And, uh, and uh, Matthew, oh, man, it's so good. Yeah. So much more to come still in Matthew as well. When we come back, we're going to answer some questions. So uh, stay right here on Understanding Jesus. If you would like to learn more about the ministry here at First Baptist Jackson, we have a class that's specially for you. It's called Basics, where we teach all the basic foundational things about being a part of our church, what our church is about, where it came from, where we are, where we're going, and how you fit into God's plan here at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're interested in being part of the basics class, all you have to do is contact our church. You can contact us at office at fbcj.us. That's office at fbcj.us. Send us an email, and we will be glad to set up a time for us to have that class with you. We'll make a special time. We'll provide child care, but we need to hear from you. So if you're interested in taking the basics class, please contact us at office at fbcj.us. Welcome back, and we're gonna answer a question before we leave you today on understanding Jesus. And Evan, please tell us the question of the hour.
1: All right. So I'll ask the question, read the passage, and then ask the question. One okay, more time. perfect. Because I think that'll make it easier for everybody to track. So um, Matthew seven, very beginning of it, uh, verses one through six, talk about judging. Um, so judge not that you be judged, n- that you not be well. Judge not that you be not judged, for with a judgment you pronounce that. You, wow, you pronounce you will be judged, and with the measure you let me move this real quick okay. <laughs> um <laughs> judge not that you be judged that you will that you not be judged for with the it is a tongue twister, yeah, for with the judgment you pronounce you'll be judged, and with the measure you will use it be measured
0: you for the measure you use
1: with the measure you use it will be measured to you okay, okay. Verse three um. Yeah, why do you? <laughs>
0: how do you read this passage? That's the question. I know. <laughs>
1: why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but not, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, "Let me take the speck out of your eye" when there is no log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to say to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw out your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. I'm a lot better than the second okay. Half. But sorry, everyone. And my question is, how do we balance being judged compared to accountability or church discipline?
0: Well, first, it says don't judge. So it's not a balancing of judgment. It's a uh, we are not to judge others. And 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 all of the Sermon on the Mount in its context is really talking about that which uh, condemns us uh, for eternity and that which does not. And and one of the things that the Sermon on the Mount accomplishes is it shows we are all guilty therefore none of us has the righteousness to judge others jesus will even say unless your righteousness surpasses that of the pharisees uh, that you can't be in the kingdom of heaven and and so he's he's not trying to say all right here's uh, here's what adultery really is if you look upon a woman with lust in your heart then you've committed adultery so therefore uh, how many of you are good and then or how many of you have never been angry and so forth and it's like oh man i have never you know and, and trying and so you're trying to be that person well, while it is possible to be that person with the power of the Holy Spirit before Christ, before our, our understanding of Christ, before being saved by Christ, we are incapable of being that righteous. It's There is none righteous. No, not one. and And so, therefore, we've lost our capacity to judge others. Uh, based on that, I can't say you are guilty of of hell because I am righteous enough to judge you. That God alone has the ability to judge that. So he's saying there, and 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 then he's and then he says, you know, whatever. And and then when you it goes to a, a forgiving understanding of of how we relate to one another, also in that he says whatever measure we use, well, that's the measure that's going to be used. So if I if I am harsh in my understanding of you, if I say this is the standard, well, then I'm held to the same standard. And Jesus already said I'm I'm guilty. If you're guilty, I'm guilty. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, so it's the uh, so and we and we are and you are guilty and I am guilty. So we're already there. The the beam and the log is it helps us get now to a, a more clear understanding. When I have a log in my eye, he's saying stop. He's not saying I don't want you to help your brother. Gain mm-hmm. understanding. saying, "I want you first to come to a clear understanding of your own guilt, of your own right. sin, and 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 in your own humility." Later, we we're taught, you know, about disciplining one another, about confronting our brothers about sin and going to them and confronting them about sin, and then uh, and bringing someone with us and so forth. And Jesus teaches us how to express discipline one another. Paul tells us uses the word admonish, uh, mm-hmm. how we admonish one another and so forth. The idea is, is, is kind of like, um, it's kind of like where we get counseling from today and we have all these counselors and therapists and so forth but really counseling and therapy and all that is really something that we were supposed to do it was supposed to be inherent within the church right always counseling one another and how to be how to overcome how to mm. uh, how to build one another up how to how to esteem one another and say hey right. you know to encourage people and and to highlight their sin, but in love and saying, it's it's not saying, I always get this picture of being in a race and someone falls down and, and you're not to look at someone and go, ha 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 ha, you fell down, now I'm going to run and win this race. Mm-hmm. It, that's not the Christian picture. The idea is that you're, that we want everybody to cross the finish mm-hmm. line. So you're, so you go back and you help your brother up and you see what's wrong and what's hindering you from being able to run or your shoes aren't tied or whatever the case is. But you're helping that person to get where they need to be so they also can finish. Mm. And that's what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be uh, not judging one another, but uh, but ad- admonishing, counseling, um, offering, whatever, therapeutically, mm. uh, in, in encouraging one another in order to, uh, you know, I said uh, one time we were in biblical counseling our professor said, it's not really counseling, it's intensive discipleship. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we need. We need to understand that our, com- our commission is to make disciples. So I'm looking at the people who God has put around me and I'm saying, uh, how can I help them to be a better follower of Jesus Christ? That's why I say in marriage, in married life, your first and foremost commission is to your spouse. You start there. How can I make my spouse more of a disciple of jesus christ and then go to your children how can i make my children because these are people who are entrusted to you how do i help my children to be more like jesus christ and then expand that into the church how do i help my brothers and sisters within the church to be more like jesus christ and then people outside the church is just simply the gospel mm-hmm. saying hey you have a need for jesus yeah. christ and then when they say when they respond yes I want to know Christ. You should already have had this well-oiled uh, machine of discipling people. So, okay, mm-hmm. now here's how you become like how you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Evangelism and discipleship have to go hand in hand. They have to be integrated. It has to be something where you where you share the gospel, and this person says, "I want to follow Christ." So, okay, now let's begin this. Let's start looking at the sin in your life. Let's start looking at the things. Basically, looking at the things where you're falling short learning how to overcome those things. Mm -hmm. And and we use programs, devices, or, you know, whatever, social media, networking, whatever, however you want to, accountability programs, uh, you know, debt recovery, uh, addiction recovery, all these different things, they're they're tools, but it doesn't change the fact that at the crux of all of it is that Jesus is saying, hey, don't just look at your fellow believer and say, you're a loser, Mm -hmm. you know. If they're a loser, then that just shows you how much more you've got to do. Uh, The challenge is you should always look at them and go, okay, God, how do I help them? What do I do? What do you want me to do in the life of this person to help them become more of the disciple? Um,
1: at one point, we were a loser too. So
0: absolutely, yeah. we're all losers yeah. without Christ. I mean, we, I mean that's what He's done for us. We, if if you have anything good in you, if you are doing anything good, it's because people have discipled you mm-hmm. and they've helped you. And and to say, now nah, I did it all on my own. Well then, I don't know. I don't know if you know God at that point. Yeah. You know, you. Know, I don't know if you really understand the gospel. I I doubt your salvation if you believe you did it independently without any help from anybody else. Because the whole point is. In order to be saved, you have to know you need a Savior, right? And, and everybody around you also needs a Savior, and so God uses people within the body of Christ to help uh, accomplish that salvation, to work out that salvation with fear right. and trembling. So that's a great question. Long answer, but anyway. Well, thanks for being here with us today. We're uh, we're going in full swing in season four of the Understanding Jesus podcast. And as we've said before, uh, we, we if you want to be a part of the podcast, we'd love to have you. Be sure and contact us here at First Baptist Jackson in Jackson, Missouri. Uh, you can look us up online, FBCJ.us, all kinds of contact information there. So find some way you can text, email, phone, whatever the case. But uh, get in touch with us, yeah. and we'd be glad to make you a part. Of our program.
1: And the reading plan on the website?
0: That's right. The ha- oh, yes. The hamburger, the we re- have. Well, now we have a link in the description if you're oh, watching the video so version. Okay. And okay. also if you're watching the video version, the link is on screen right Ooh, now. And awesome. you can just you can just type that in anywhere. You can anywhere. Just type
1: it in. Yeah. And there's if, the reading plan. If you go to fbcj.us right. and go to the top right-hand corner on your mobile device or the resources uh, yeah. tab at the very top on your desktop computer, you'll see something that drops down, you click on reading plan. Bible reading plan yeah, very, and it's that simple. and, uh, and it will take you to the yearly Bible reading plan page. You click on the month that you want to start in. Um, I recommend if you're starting now to start at the very beginning of January mm-hmm. and, um, work through the, from there and just, or you can of, start
0: today or I start mean, now. Yeah. yeah. With today's date. Yeah. yeah. And, and,
1: and we'll loop back around. We'll <laughs> loop back around by the, next year. Yeah, and, um, but doing that will allow you to read through the whole Bible through that th- this year. You'll have a good understanding of, of, a better understanding of Christ by the end of it. So yeah,
0: which is why we call the podcast Understanding Jesus. Understanding Jesus, Jesus yeah, Podcast. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, Evan. Thank you, Austin. Take care.